0: Welcome to the Live Nourish podcast. I'm your host, Katarina Greer. I'm a functional nutritionist and a community herbalist. On this podcast, I chat about all things health and wellness related to help you live a nourished life. There is so much information out there, and it can be overwhelming, but health isn't supposed to be complicated. My hope is that you leave this podcast feeling less stressed and refreshed. Remember that the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice, It is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now, let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome back to the LaNourish podcast. Hope you're all having a great day so far. On this week's episode, I have on my good friend, Alicia. She was actually on season one. And she was actually my first guest ever on the podcast, so so stoked to have her back. We chat about exercise, syncing your workouts to your menstrual cycle, if you need to take pre-workout, protein, all that good stuff. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, Alicia. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you back on. It's been a hot minute since season one, but here we are season four. Loving it.
1: Yes, yes, we are loving it. I can't believe you have done so many. Congratulations. That's so good. I know.
0: Thank you. So could you just tell everyone just a little bit about yourself for those that haven't listened to like um, the first episode with you and just talk about yourself and like what you currently do?
1: Yeah, so I'm Alicia. I am the owner of Wealth Bodies, so that feels a little weird saying because it's like my new little baby, my new little company. But it's a nutrition and lifestyle company. Uh, the first half is the nutrition, so that's me. I'm a nutritional therapy consultant. I currently work with clients, bridging them from like the emotional aspect of food into like the critical thinking of like long-term decisions and like reaching goals. So a lot of like Like health coaching, online coaching is very um, just do this, like, and execute it. And it's just like, there's no reason why. And like, people usually fail because of like the emotional aspects. So, my job is to bridge the gap between that. So, I absolutely love doing that. And then the second part is the lifestyle, and that is just me designing clothing and messages on clothing that really bring forth the wellness aspect and the truth behind nutrition and wellness and getting that branding, that messaging on shirts, on people in the world. And then eventually I'd like to move into um, home goods so people can have good quality products they can trust in their home as well. So it is a growing little baby of mine. So I'm super
0: excited. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And I love the name too, like Wealth Body is just like, like all encompassing. Thing like you could like do so much with it like what you are doing like nutrition and then like home goods and all the fun stuff and then the t-shirts check out her designs by the way they're fabulous (laughs) I mean and you're wearing the the protein I didn't even plan this but protein
1: is life so we put it on a shirt
0: (laughs) which we're gonna get into today because it's important as we both know (laughs) yes exactly but could you just talk about a little bit about like your relationship has looked like with exercising and working out. So like starting from like, I guess when you were young to like when you started and then like till now.
1: Okay. So when I was younger, it was definitely very like get skinny, be skinny. Like I, I worked at 7-Eleven. So I was eating Slurpees, but while reading Cosmopolitan. So like the urge to be skinny and look this way was not like, equating like, equaling to the fact that I was eating the way I was. So it was like, get on the treadmill and just run, 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 run. And so I did that for quite some time and it, it didn't yield any results ever. Um, so there came a point where it was like, I literally remember sitting on one of the bikes at the gym and like looking at the weight section and being like, maybe like there's something to that over there. Like, I don't know. And it was really scary. And like, I left that day. I didn't even try anything because I was so scared. But um, when I did get into the weights, it was very much like just, okay, sit on this piece of equipment and then do everything like that's like they do in a row. Like, so you can go and do like the leg press and then the shoulder press. And it's very safe movement, especially when you're starting out, that's a good place to start. Then I slowly graduated into like free weights and stuff like that. And that graduation into like, accomplishing different strength goals and stuff really changed my mindset going from like, okay, I need to do cardio to burn off calories and be skinny into like, okay, I need to be strong so I can like lift things and accomplish things. And that shift in my fitness journey um, with exercise really made it from go from a place of like trying to hate myself into change to really like loving myself into changing my physique. So
0: yeah, it's been really, really oh. good. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's, I feel like, where lots of women have started, where it's, like, you just want to get skinny, low-calorie, low-fat, everything, but then it yeah. gradually turns in, like, I want to nourish my body so that it mm-hmm. can get stronger and, like, you know, like, build muscle mass and all of that good stuff.
1: Well, and women, like, we always look at everything as, like, we should be less. So, like you said, like, low-calorie, less less fat, less this in our diet. Less like everything so that we can be smaller. And it's just like, okay, but what if we flipped the narrative on its head? And was like we added more fat into our diet and more strength training. And like, what would that look like? Maybe we would have energy to do X, Y, Z. Maybe we'd sleep better so that our skin looks better, we think more. And it's just like adding more quality to your life is only going to yield quality. And like yeah. I really think that's how we should be looking at exercise as well, like this exercise. Adds to my life. We're not taking away or restricting ourselves.
0: Mm, no, yeah, I love that. Adding is like so important. And I feel like that's what we talked about in like our first
1: episode, mm-hmm. like in the kind good one stuff. One of my
0: philosophies, yeah. <laughs> just like adding in the good stuff and just like not fo- mm-hmm. focusing so much on like what you need to take away, but like just adding in stuff that you like actually need.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So with that, what does it look like to work out like during your menstrual cycle, like as women, like? When is it a good time to do like high intense, like interval, like training, like Pilates weights, or like, when is it good to like go for a walk? Um, like, how do you gauge that with the cycle since they're like four different phases?
1: Yeah. So definitely once you start, you get away from the cardio bunny aspect and you start weight training, it can be a little bit confusing because like there'll be one day where you're like really strong and you're lifting lots or you can run really fast. And then the next week you go in and you're just like not pushing the same weights Things that feel really like tiresome, feel really heavy, you're not sweating as much, but you feel overly hot. Like It can be really confusing. And it's mm-hmm. honestly because of your menstrual cycle. So there's four phases to a cycle. We're starting with the first day of the bleed, phase one, and then you go into the follicular phase, then ovulation, and then the luteal phase. Mm-hmm. And during the, your menstruation and the follicular phase is you, when your hormones are at the lowest and you're... Most like a man is what they say, <laughs> and then that and that's to quote um, Dr. Stacy Sims, who does a lot of research on specifically female athletes. And when your hormones are at their lowest level, you can perform your best. There's not a lot internally working against you, I'd say, and that's a really good time to do your hit training, do reaching for PRs, lifting really heavy, going really hard. And then, as you transition into the luteal phase, you'll notice as the days go on, your threshold for recovery or intensity kind of gets like this roadblock gets bigger and bigger. And that's when you really want to focus in on doing maybe less heavy weights and more rep ranges. So you can still hit, you know, a 200 pound squat that you would do in your follicular phase. You're going to now do a hundred pound squat, but twice the volume to hit that same like intensity, but you're just going to do it in a safer manner because when you're in that second half of your cycle, you're actually prone for more injury as well. Um, and it's harder to offload heat and recover as much. So that's when I'd say go a little bit lighter on the weights, really slow down the movements and focus in on like how your squat is like the whole entire time when you're going down to bottom, how do you come out of the movement um, including yoga, Pilates, stretching, you really want to focus on your sleep and recovery here. Even eating more protein during this time can help with that. It's really important to help also mitigate those like PMS cravings that come up mm-hmm. as you're approaching the first day of the, like, the cycle again. Um, so yeah, that's what I would suggest when it comes to like planning your training around your menstrual cycle. It doesn't mean you have to not work out during the like the last week or 10 days like you just give up, you can't adapt or you can't progress no it just means how does my body feel? If it feels good go for it. but mm-hmm. if you're noticing like oh that's a little heavy today maybe it's not the time to push it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the time to like okay I'm higher prone for injury at this week so I'm gonna take it back a little bit and I'm gonna do an extra set of rest in between and then I'm gonna do those rep ranges on the back end just so mm-hmm. that I'm staying safe but I'm still progressing and still adding like that progressive overload is what everyone talks about. So that's ways that you can do that and still stay safe, make progress. Um, and
0: yeah, mm-hmm. exercise
1: on your menstrual cycle.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. I think it's really important because I feel like it just takes me back to like high school when, like when I had my period, like I was on it. And then it's like, Oh, we have to like go and do like a fitness run, which is like 5k or something. And I'm like, I don't feel like doing that right now, but like, of course, yeah. like, have to do it because you're in like gym class like you know but it's like i just feel like i wish that it was taught more to like rest naturally like you know like with the menstrual cycle how it's just like we how we get those energy peaks like is it in the follicular or like the mm-hmm. follicular
1: phase is when you're like most you're able to do more
0: mm-hmm. i just wish that we were like taught that so like then we knew because like i said like we're not like men like that's what i think dr sim says like yeah exactly. we're, not- we're not small men
1: we're our own <laughs> little people like our own person like separate from that and we have like a whole circadian rhythm that works off a a monthly schedule rather than men who work off a daily schedule so mm-hmm. they can do their fitness tests whenever because yeah. they reset at midnight <laughs> <Literally.
0: Yeah. laughs> so like yeah with the, like the luteal so like that's the part where you want to kind of You can like still like lift, but just like take it slower and lighter, essentially. Yeah, yeah.
1: Your warm up's gonna be important to make sure that like you're very primed for the movements, Um, and like yeah, taking it slower is another way to um, make sure that like you're still progressing. So a lot of people will, you know, you just do the movements, but Mm -hmm. when you're prone for injury or you can't go as heavy, it's like okay, if I slow it down, that makes it harder to do the movement. So that is a form of progression. If like you do a hundred pounds and it takes uh, on a squat and mm. it takes you three seconds to go all the way down. And then the next time you do like five seconds to go all the way down and you're really slow and controlled, that is a progressive overload. So that is a physical adaptation you've made with weight training. So that mm. is good. So just because the weight is the same hundred pounds both times, being able to hold that weight longer in control
0: during mm-hmm. that
1: that part of your cycle that is good so
0: yeah no that's really good to know I feel like because yeah like I said, you just don't want to overdo it, push yourself too hard it's not that
1: our cycle like enables us like to just like like I said be inadequate like mm-hmm. or we're very capable people, like human beings, like females are very capable. It's just about being smart about your training. It's just like, again, listening to your body. And like, I think that's where a lot of women get caught up, not knowing that these are biofeedback signals. They don't understand that this, your body's trying to tell you, like, I need to rest. I need to slow down. We're just like, I have to do more. Like my program says I have to do, you know, eight sets of this or five reps of this. Like it says I have to do it. Like my coach is expecting me to do this. And it's like, Okay, well, if your coach understood your cycle and and you understood yourself, like you guys could work together and then make progress that would feel good mentally and physically. Because I mean, mentally, that's a really hard thing to go into the gym and fail and not know why you're failing because you're trying so hard. And it's like, it's just your body needing different things at different times.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so important. So with that leads me to my next Mm -hmm. question. Why is it like just important to take rest days and not work out every day? Okay. So
1: overtraining is what happens when you work out all the time. Overtraining is technically a form of under recovery. So if you are training all the time, your body cannot recover. Training is a stressor on the body. Everyone thinks that like training is so good. The body like changes and adapts and that's true, but it is a stressor. So if you're not giving your body enough time to recover from that stress, you're just compounding and compounding on this negative note. Um, And like that can really start to hinder your hormonal health because you're stressing all of your system. You're living off cortisol and then that cortisol like ramps up into other areas. Right. So it also affects then your sleep. And then you're not getting that sleep. Then you're moody, and then you're moody, and you're hungry. Now you're craving carbs, and now you've got this hormone dysregulation and like these cravings that you can't handle. And then like the exercise that you think you have to be doing all the time, because all of a sudden you're gaining weight and exercising all the time, and it doesn't really make sense. It's because you're not recovering. Your body's gone into we need to save ourselves. We need to be safe somehow, and this is the way that the body does it. it: is buffering. So you need to buffer yourself with some recovery days.
0: Mm. And so with that, like, what would you, I guess, like suggest? Like with recovery is like how many? I don't know. I guess it's dependent like on each person. But like, what yeah. would you suggest? My favorite, like,
1: my favorite, like, split is a two and one. For most mm-hmm. people, I think that really works. So work out two days in a row and then take a day off. Mm-hmm. Um, that works really good for most people because, like, if you need, like, say something comes up in life with like some scheduling you like, have to work late one day, you're really able to take the, from the two days here, really pull it over, one day over onto the other side. So then you're on like a one, one, then a three. And then you can go back to one, two, one, two. So I find that like, there's a lot of flexibility in a two on, one off. Um, And then yeah, just listening to your body when it comes to a lot of times you're going to see that if you're overtraining, you're going to have a buildup of muscle soreness and really your sleep is going to be hindered. Um, And those are kind of the two things that show up the most when people are doing too much and then think that like, I'm not, I need to keep going. I need to get these results. And it's like, actually, if you sometimes less is more and being the hardest worker in the room is knowing when to rest. Um, and yeah, so that's really important to do that.
0: Mm, no, I love that, and I think it, yeah, it really goes back to like listening to your body and like its cues essentially. Like mm-hmm. yeah, if you're like really overtired, you're sleepy. Like yeah, you should probably take a rest day.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like and it's, and it's when you when you practice listening to your body more often than not, because a lot of people they don't because they don't know their body, they don't know when they're bullshitting themselves. So you can really talk yourself out of being like, oh, I'm tired, like. I shouldn't go to the gym. It's like, well, no. Like, are you actually really tired? Like, probably not. You probably should push yourself, execute some discipline, go to the gym, do what you need to do to get done to reach your goals. But if you're genuinely dragging your feet, you can't get there. You're so tired. Everything feels heavy. Then maybe you need to execute some sleep. (laughs) We need to go the other way and some rest.
0: Right. So with that, can you just talk about like why most exercise plans don't work for women as like most research is done on men.
1: Yes. Yeah. So Dr. Stacey Sims is really like the leading woman in this field. She's really emphasized and shown us that most of the exercise is done or most of the research is done on men. Um, and the, the reason that this is important is because women have slow twitch muscle fibers Mm -hmm. Um, whereas men have fast twitch muscle fibers and the reason that this is important is because slow twitch is really good for endurance and fast twitch is really good for strength that's why men are Mm -hmm. usually stronger Um, and women usually can run better than men long distance wise Mm -hmm. Um, so when you're working out and like lifting weights you're using a lot of those fast twitch muscle fibers Mm -hmm. and like I said just that women have more of the slow so getting a exercise program from somebody like off the internet, from a coach, um, some of your favorite mentors, whichever that Mm -hmm. says, you know, do bench press for three sets of 15. That's probably going to be something that doesn't really yield as good as results as if it were for made for specifically a woman, because Mm -hmm. it's a generic um, plan. Those high rep ranges like that for anywhere from like, you know, 10 to 15, getting up in that higher rep range um, helps with hypertrophy. And hypertrophy is when your muscles get bigger they get more volume. You can be really, really strong and not even look like you lift weights. Mm. Um, Strength doesn't really necessarily show up in like the size of your muscles. Um, So hypertrophy is usually what like bodybuilders train or girls that want bigger glutes. That's what they're training. Um, But Like I said, that is going to, when it comes to women, we really want to exhaust the muscle in a way that is going to yield us that hypertrophy uh, look goal without doing so much volume that we wear out our joints, we get tired, we don't get through the movements with as much intensity as we should. So Mm -hmm. what can really make a difference here is doing two sets of really heavy weight first. Mm-hmm. Because women aren't, we're not used to being that strong with those fast twitch muscle fibers. So it's going to be really heavy weight. Like the first rep is hard, and then the second, third, fourth, fifth rep, maybe six rep max. So mm-hmm. that you want to do two sets of six reps that are really, really hard and heavy. That is going to fatigue your muscles like crazy because they're more endurance style muscles. So lifting really heavy like that, it's like. Ah, what is going on? Yeah. And then do two sets of that 10 to 15 in that moderate weight, as heavy as you can go to reach that rep range. And mm-hmm. that is going to create that hypertrophy, um, what you're looking for to create size for your muscles.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, yeah, that's really interesting how you like broke yeah. that down. So we're we're the slow twitch.
1: <laughs> yeah, women are slow twitch, which is kind of it seems kind is- counter- of it always messes me up because it's slow, but like for endurance. So like it seems like it would right. be fast, but like it, yeah. it is almost backwards. Yeah. But like that's when crazy. you think of strength training, like it's it's explosive. So like fast mm-hmm. in that sense.
0: I and mean, then yeah. No, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's super interesting. Have you read her book? Is it Roar?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do have it, and I did take her course. And her course online is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I mean. Knowledge right. from her. You have it, her book?
0: I have, just haven't read it. I need to. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's super good. Like, yeah, you'll learn all this stuff. And it's kind of mind blowing like how what she breaks down and how the like even like some of the supplements out there, like uh nitric oxide is meant to like uh, vasodilate. And she's like, in women it doesn't do it. So <laughs> you have these athletes that are taking this thinking that oh, it's helping me with more blood flow and i getting a pump and all that. And she's like, it's not doing anything.
0: Right. So I was like,
1: oh, okay, well, but what does help us, you know? So, and right. yeah, she breaks all that down. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, that's so good. So um, with that, how long should your workouts be just so that you like, you don't overdo it? Like, is there like a set time? I don't know, that's like, don't go over this time or,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it kind of depends on your like training age. Um, If you're more of a newbie or you've, like, taken a long time, like, away from training, like, a couple weeks, um, you're going to get what they call is DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, That's usually when people, like, work out and then they, like, have trouble sitting on the toilet the next day. Like, it hurts, like, trying to get down. (laughs) Like, carrying your groceries is, like, a Spartan race, like, is the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Um, So, Yeah. The, that so when it comes to being newer in the gym, I'd highly recommend doing a shorter workout and really just keeping it around that half hour to maybe 45 minute range. Just because if you because you're when you're really new and you're really eager and you're not sore going in, you can do a lot all at once, and then it's going to backfire, and then you're going to be so sore for a week or possibly two that you're not going to be able to get into the gym again for that length of time. So you'd be better off doing a shorter workout on Monday to recover from that. So then by Thursday you can go again and then you recover from that. And then as your stamina and your adaptations increase, you can start going for an hour and then go more frequently. Then you can start doing your workouts more back to back. And yeah, overall your recovery gets better as your adaptations um, change and yeah, you can, then your workout times can really vary. So if you're like training age, you're quite like old in the training age, you can do like an hour and a half to two and a half hours. Um, and you're not going to yield such intense um, need for recovery and soreness and stuff like that.
0: Right. Okay. And so like with that, I have another question um, mm-hmm. with like doing, cause you know, people have like set days where they do like, okay, this is leg day. This is arm day, like abs. What would you suggest? I don't know. Say like, a little plan like what goes I guess best for that
1: yeah it depends on what your overall goals are so if you're looking to either increase your side like your upper body and your back um or maybe you're like the opposite your legs or if you're like looking to do like cardio or something like that you'd want to you'd want to do those sessions the most in your like split, if that makes sense. So like if you did a two on one off, that'd be four days a week that you'd be training. So you could do something like um, an upper body and then a lower body, an upper body, and then a cardio day. So that you're, you want to hit the muscle groups that you're trying to condition, build up tone um, or anything that you're trying to improve on. You want to tackle that as often as you can and recover from that. The key point is that you want to be able to recover from that training. Um, you don't want to hit it again, being incredibly sore, so then it, like it negates the effects of the workout and just causes more like harm than good. Um, but yeah, the more often that you train something, the more adaptation is going to occur there. So yeah, so the split kind of depends on what you're looking to improve on. Hmm. But okay. you would also like so, like I said, it all comes back to like recovery. Um, A lot of people think that like the gym is going to change their, well, it will change your life, honestly, but it's like the gym that when you're training, you're, you're breaking things down and you're catabolic. So your breakdown, it really does come back to nutrition and your recovery where that is anabolic. So that Mm -hmm. is building. So people are like, I'm building in the gym. You're actually tearing it all down. You're breaking it down. You're not building anything until you implement your nutrition and your recovery post-workout. Mm. So,
0: Right. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about that right now. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, do you recommend taking pre-workout or is it not necessary? Because I feel like I've heard things like you can do it or you don't. What's your take on it?
1: I don't like pre-workout. I, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty big believer that people go out and, spend a huge portion of their paycheck
0: okay. on
1: all these potions and don't know how to effectively apply them. They don't even know how to effectively go through a workout. Um so what is the point of feeling all like geared up and tingly during your workout when you don't even know what you're doing? Um mm-hmm. and then you don't also in my opinion have the mental resiliency to get through a workout just on your own. A lot mm-hmm. of people use pre-workouts as like a crutch and I think that hinders them because if they don't have that stimulation they're just like oh I didn't have a good workout and it's like you didn't have a good workout because you didn't do it the right way not because your fancy potion didn't fire you up it was all you and I do understand how that kind of plays into your mentality and stuff like that. But I think as a beginner, especially as a beginner, I don't think you should be using caffeine, especially because most people use pre-workouts after they're spent their workday. So they go to the gym at night. When you take pre-workout, you're getting a huge amount of caffeine. Well, Mm -hmm. caffeine makes you feel really good because it peaks, it spikes within the hour for 60 minutes, but then it has a half-life. So if you're getting 100, 200 milligrams of caffeine, you know, at six, seven o'clock at night, that's still in your system way past midnight. So and then people get tired the next day and then they want to go to the gym. So they take even more pre-workout because they're tired and then they're not actually getting into a good quality sleep. And it's just a vicious cycle. It's like you'd be better off not taking the pre-workout getting in a good workout, mentally push yourself through it because you can do it. People did it way before. There was never any pre-workout, you know, a while (laughs) ago. And then getting a good quality sleep because when you're sleeping is when that growth hormone is released. That growth hormone is what's stimulating all this recovery and all this hard work that you've just put in. And it's Mm -hmm. also when you're in that deep sleep is when your body is or when your brain is um, remembering all those movement patterns that you just went through. And it's like doing its homework and it's like finalizing those movements in your brain so that when you do them again, it knows how to go through it automatically it becomes subconscious. So
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: when that's happening. So sleep is really important in that pre-workout in the evening. It is completely negating that. So I mm-hmm. I think pre-workout, you should just go without.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's what I thought just because, yeah, I heard that's a lot of caffeine and then you're spending I don't know, like 50 bucks a jar. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
1: it's crazy. Like I, best case, just have a cup of coffee. Like, if you really, really need something,
0: like, or
1: just put some Mio in some bubblies and call it a day. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very true. So let's talk about, like, the after workout. So how should you, like, feel your body when working out? Like, should you have, like, a protein-rich snack before and after? Like, how much protein? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, I kind of was thinking that we would break this down into two categories. So the first one would be like, if you're looking for weight loss, I'd recommend not having any pre-workout, like meals, foods, snacks, or anything like that. Um, If you, you should have a meal within a, like three hours before your training session, I would have a meal then, and then go into your workout after that, no other foods or any like drinks. What that's going to do is going to force your body to use up any um, circulating glucose, and then it's going to force it to tap into your fat cells and your stored glycogen, which is your carbohydrates. Um, So that's really important. And people often forget that when you consume something before your workout, it spikes your insulin, but your insulin's not bad. But when insulin is present to usher things into our cells, glucagon the opposite hormone cannot be present. So glucagon is what um, causes your cells to open up to allow things to exit. So if one is present, the other one's not. So if we're having something to get us through our workout, we're not letting out that fat cells. So, and that's usually when you're doing weight loss goals in your training, that's usually what you want to be doing. So with that, that's what I I would not recommend a pre-workout for a fat loss goal with and comes to building muscle or like maintaining your physique, having a pre-workout snack um, is a great idea. It's going to give you some energy circulating in your body so that your body will use that up first before tapping into anything else. And so you're going to be able to crush out possibly a few reps more of this, 10 minutes more cardio, whichever. Um, So that's a really good thing when we're considering maintaining or building muscle. Um, But for both situations, I definitely recommend um, getting in a post-workout protein and carbohydrates. Um, Again, because we stress the body, we've broken it down, we want to build it up. Um, For both situations, I usually say 30-30-30. So 30 grams of protein, 30 grams of carbs within a 30-minute window. 30-minute window is absolutely ideal Simply because that is our anabolic window. That's when you're most sensitive as a female. So mo- there's been a lot of, there's this anabolic window, you got to hit it so that you like grow big and strong. And a lot of bros, you know, talk about it. And then in recent times, people were saying that like the anabolic window doesn't exist, it's not true, it's not real. But the science <laughs> says that for men, the anabolic window is about three hours, possibly more. So they don't really have to worry. I mean, within three hours, you're probably going to eat, so your yeah. anabolic window is pretty big. So your your muscles are primed and most sensitive during this time. But for women, it's about thirty minutes, so much much smaller. So for us, it's real, it's true. I mean, not eating within that time frame isn't going to like hinder anything. Like it's not going to absolutely ruin your workout. Might as well never have done it. Um, it's just for like absolute optimal results like that is like the one percent kind of thing that we're dealing with so I mean if it happens within the hour afterwards and you hit that 30 grams of protein 30 grams of carbs that's totally fine um but I'm just letting you know what the science has said behind that and yeah and like 30 grams and people kind of overcomplicate it like you can just have just google or even use like a calorie counting app like 30 grams of Protein is like one scoop of protein powder and one banana, right? Or if you want to do something savory, it's um, one medium-sized chicken breast and one medium potato. So it's not, it's nothing crazy, um, but it is helpful to have some things that you kind of already know that are like fit within that 30 gram range that you can have post-training.
0: No, yeah, I love that. I mean, I love call me a grandma but I love doing cottage cheese
1: <laughs> oh that's good cottage cheese is so good okay, I think it's, I've never been one to do cottage cheese and like fruit like I've never taken it sweet before do you take it sweet I
0: love that I do really yeah
1: I gotta try that I'm I'm like I put hot sauce and chicken in mine and like I'm good to Ooh. go yeah like a buffalo oh okay <laughs> okay
0: okay but no yeah I love doing like berries I mean like now it's not, like not the season so I do like an orange or like an apple but yeah cottage do cheese, you
1: sweeten but... it or do you just like
0: Mm-mm.
1: just plain old and the fruit is the sweet, sweet. <laughs> yeah. okay I'm gonna buy some cottage cheese this week I'm gonna let you know how yeah, it goes I feel
0: like it's so underrated cottage cheese like you know yeah one like, of my so clients amazing. Well, and yeah, one of
1: my clients, I was giving him like Greek yogurt as a thing. And then he said he picked up cottage cheese. He's like, I'm never going back. He's like, I'm doing cottage cheese and berries for the rest of my life. He's like, if you're going to talk me out of it, I don't even care. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not. Okay, (laughs) you can have it. It's the same thing. Like, it's fine. But yeah, he's just been on the cottage cheese and berries drain for like, oh, a long, long time now, actually, probably like months. I
0: love that, honestly.
1: (laughs) I'm going to try so, it because obviously I'm missing out. I'm not on the bandwagon here. Everybody else, oh, You got to
0: get, gotta get, you gotta get on it. I feel like I found it out in the summer. Like, mm, I'm going to try it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the grandma life is for me. So if this is part yeah. of my grandma life, I have to include it.
0: You do. Honestly. So one of my last questions is what is one thing that you do to live nourished?
1: So I, I like this question. One thing I would say that I do to live nourished is honestly have, Honest conversation with yourself. Mm. Like I said earlier, like it's really easy to talk yourself out of doing things. But if you were to take your routine today, or if I were to take my routine today, and in five to 10 years wake up, would my life look like I want it to? Mm. And so that kind of question always stops me in my tracks when I'm doing something. It's like, if I eat this, like, is it going to yield? me results in you know five ten years yes or no like like lots of things have long-term effects long-term consequences even if it's like something small people always think we write off the small things but the small things make up the big picture so to live nourish I think it's really about like being honest with yourself getting down into those like the nitty-gritty and when I started because I found this question um it was like yeah if you were doing your routine today would it yield the life you want in 10 years when i found that question about 3 years ago it was like holy like it just like threw me for a loop and since then i it's been a lot of practice because you don't just overnight just like change yourself cuz practice yeah. makes progress but it's that that honest conversation with myself having integrity when i follow through with that has given me so much confidence because it's like knowing when I'm telling the truth to myself has given me confidence before I could people please and like lie my way way through things just like white lies to make everyone around me happy but like I wasn't happy because I knew the truth Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: just being really honest with yourself and that comes down to like what are you eating what are you thinking who are you hanging out with all aspects of your life so
0: yeah no I love that and I love how you also like journal too I feel like you journal a lot and then <laughs> yes. that's how you can be honest with yourself <laughs> oh for sure yeah
1: journaling like you can literally just call yourself out because it's such a safe place mm-hmm. to just yeah. be like I'm lying about this like I know I'm not telling the truth and but like and it doesn't have to be malicious when like people get really like startled and you're like you're lying about something it's like no no no, it's not malicious like people pleasing is a form of manipulation it's a it's a lie but like I'm doing it to try and yield a result that makes me feel good, or like when I like project myself in a certain way, like oh yeah, I worked out and did this, but like behind closed doors, I'm eating nachos. It's like these are t- this imposter syndrome. So it's like writing things out, putting it on paper, and being like, okay, that is that is a lot on paper, and like how you can work through that, and like just like doing your homework on yourself. I yeah, I journal all the time, and yeah. it's a practice that I do. I did very sporadically because it was really painful to be that honest with yourself all the time. And like, sometimes you need to heal from that and then come back and like learn and grow. So I think people think that journaling has to be all the time, every single day, morning ritual practice. No, like if you're honest and raw and doing it right, like it can be a lot and that you might have to take some time away from to heal and then come back and like go through it, figure it out. And then as you heal and like things um, compound it gets easier and easier and more fun and then you'll want to do it more often and like every day
0: yeah that's so true I feel like I feel like it can be daunting and like scary but like yeah just once you do it more on the practice like with that you know just writing mm-hmm. on your thoughts like whatever um yeah it just gets better
1: yeah and it's funny that like you said that because like people like think it's daunting and scary and it's like that's in your head Mm. just because you put it on paper doesn't mean like it's like any different like that it runs in your head all the time so at least like if you write it on paper that energy transfer like leaves your body
0: Mm. so good yeah so where can everyone find you and connect with you
1: Okay, well, I got a website, so that's super exciting. Ooh, ooh, she's she's a businesswoman. She's doing crazy things, good things. Um so it is www.wealthbody.co and wealth is W E L L T H body.co or you can find me on Instagram and that's alicia.ntc so that's a l i s a j.ntc yeah, everything is on both of those. So if you pick one or the other, you can find out everything else about me on there.
0: Yay. Yeah. Definitely go check her out. And thank you so much for coming back on. I just love this conversation just about working out and just like what that looks like and like nourishment and yeah, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, of course. I loved, loved being here. Thank you for having me and letting me share all my wealth and knowledge and everything like that. I'm so happy.